But what Jesus wanted me to tell you when I first stood up here, and I know this will solicit a roar and a response, a great response, but I want to explain some about it. But he said to tell them Jesus is coming. Now, for those of you who know your Bible, you're going to revert back to the same thing I would have done and say, wait a second, he can't come yet. And I get it, I'm with you. says in Matthew, he will not return until Israel recognizes him as Redeemer. Okay, well, you'd think, I mean, that could happen today, I suppose. Netanyahu could stand up and say, Jesus is Lord, and that happened. That's not the hard one to get around. The hard one to get around is in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, where it says, He will not come again until the man of lawlessness is revealed. So in there we find our quandary, because it's not his time yet. That is the tribulation time. That is the end time. Now, in Second Thessalonians, it's talking about the day of the Lord in regards to the Jews, in regards to Israel. We've taught, I've taught and we've talked about many times about there being two days of the Lord. And how one was shrouded in mystery simply because the Lord didn't want the enemy to know. Just like he didn't want him to know that by literally killing his son, hanging him on a cross, he would do the most damage to himself. Satan would have known that. He would have done everything he could to preserve Jesus' life. And because there was no sin in him, do you understand? He would not have died. He was not born of sinful flesh as we are. So he would have just kept living. If Satan would have known, if Lucifer would have known, he would have made sure that nothing happened to him. Least of all, telling him to jump off the building and let the rocks, you know, let the angels save him from the rocks. So this grand mystery that Paul talks about, about the church, about who the church is and, and what they are, that mystery is also nestled in the fact that there are Two days of the Lord. If you want to see the shadows of that, I've said before, you have to go through the book of Zechariah and understand the linear process of Zechariah literally lays out two days of the Lord. So it's that second one that's tough. Man of lawlessness has not been revealed yet. Nor will he be until after the church is gone. 
after the seventh trumpet is sounded and Jesus literally takes his bride to be with him. That's when Satan has carte blanche. That's when I believe, I, I used to think that he was going to have a lot of time for this. I really don't. If there is one thing I have learned about the Lord's heart, it is sticking it to Lucifer every chance he gets. Lucifer knows he will have a time because it was prophesied. And if there's one thing he knows backwards and forwards, it's prophecy. And he believes it. Sadly, he believes it more than we do. But God never says how much time he has, except for the tribulation period itself, which is seven years. In fact, God was so specific about that, he, he claimed it in three different ways. He claimed it in days, months, and years. To be a seven-year period. The first half of which would hold peace. Except for two witnesses that wreak havoc. And 144,000 Jews that are raised up to wreak havoc. And then the second half of that tribulation period is tough. It is when literally all hell is released against the earth. Now those who are saved, those who know the Lord, we're gone. Because it is the Holy Spirit that is holding all of that back because the Holy Spirit is on the earth. So when the Lord tells me to tell you that he is coming... We have to figure all those things into that. And I'm not going to answer this for you, because I can't. All he told me to say is that he's coming. The enemy is on the run. The enemy in the spirit knows what's coming. It just hasn't gotten to the body yet. You know how that works? I mean, it works, it works with our side as well, where we have these wars and these fights and these battles and these victories in the spirit, and yet we don't see them manifest yet. Right? Even with promises. I'll share this. It was kind of wild because Judy was asking me about my neck this morning, and it's, it's kind of locked up real, you know, which is normal. Has been normal. Won't be. But last night, something different happened. I was, for the part that I slept, it was kind of wild, because, you know, sometimes I'll stretch my neck and go like this, and occasionally I'll hear, you know, like a little pop, and, okay, well, that, that was... I hope a good thing. <laughs> and it usually is. It's, it, I don't know if that realigns it or what. But last night, I went like this, and I hear pop, 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 pop. And I thought, okay. <laughs> cool. He is faithful. He promised me 
this next year, it would be gone. He promised me. He said, I am faithful to you. So I say this in the understanding that we fight in the Spirit. We gain victory in the Spirit. But sometimes for it to come into the physical, it takes a little time. I don't know why that is, to be honest with you. Because it's, it's frustrating. Except for the fact that His kingdom is not of this world but it's supposed to be. He came, when he came, he said, I came to bring my kingdom here. That was 2,000 years ago. We, we need some stronger engines on that kingdom. Problem is, it's not Jesus who does the driving of that. It is his bride. And perhaps it's timing. Perhaps it's a half dozen other things, but his bride has not congealed together enough, unified enough to see that happen until now. See, I believe we live in a day and an age where his remnant bride, because honestly, he doesn't require the whole thing. He never has. He's always worked with a remnant, always. Every story you see in the Old Testament, every story you see in the New Testament, he uses a remnant. And he has a remnant now that believes. Beyond all normal thought, (laughs) believes at great cost. Sometimes. Both personal and corporately. But see, the cost is a piece that has to be there. Because there is no victory without cost. David even proclaimed that when he was buying the field that was being given to him, and he said, no, 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 I will pay for this. Because it must cost me something. Right? So Jesus is coming. And all during worship, the only thing that just kept running over and over and over in my mind is the phrase, this is your war cry. And I thought of war cries that would come to my mind. And the first one was one of my favorite movies, Braveheart. Do you remember, for those of you who have seen the movie, you remember when they're lined up against the English and, and the English are, are like not expecting them to actually fight, but they're there to negotiate to get more land for the wealthy people or whatever. And he just trots on over there and... He said, where are you going? He goes, I'm going to pick a fight. And he goes and he picks a fight. And he said, there will be a fight today. Their war cry was when they're coming at each other. You remember the face paint and all that? Now, I'm not saying we paint our faces. That would be kind of cool, though. 
Maybe in the spirit we have face paint. I don't know. Wouldn't that be kind of cool? But the truth is, the war cry is a point of commitment. A point of no turning back. When you're running at the enemy and there is no retreat, no matter what, because you've already crossed that threshold. See, we're at that threshold now. When we come into the next 21 days of this fast, that is our war cry. That is our war cry. This is not a normal fast. This is a fast that will break the back of the enemy. That will break through the lines. Y'all, you, you've all watched war movies. What, what is the one thing they say? Hold the line. Hold the line. Hold the line. Don't let it break through. Hold the line. Why? Because if you break through, the back is vulnerable. This is our breakthrough. This time is what makes the enemy vulnerable. And I'm not talking about in the spirit. In the spirit, he's already defeated. In the spirit, it's all done. There's no more in the spirit. There is now just in the physical. What's coming? You know, there was a war cry once before that took land. I want you to turn to Joshua. Joshua chapter 6. By the way, one of the first things he told me, if you go, um, I want to say it's chapter, where is it here? Um, okay, yeah, it's six. No, I didn't know it. In Joshua chapter six, actually right at the end of chapter five, Joshua is walking out in front of Jericho and he's met by the commander of the Lord's army. We know that it's the manifested Yeshua. It is effectively wasn't known as Jesus at this time, but for all intents and purposes of your understanding, it was, it was Jesus. Met him. We know it was him. He was worshipped. And by the way, this is not the, the only manifestation of Jesus in the Old Testament. There were many. Um, that's why the Jews believed that there were actually two, two Yeshuas. They believed that there was... Yeshua Father, and I'm probably saying that incorrectly, but, but then the manifested Yeshua that would manifest in front of their eyes as, as he did here with, with Joshua. But here, he manifests and he tells Joshua his charge and what is to go on, right? Uh, this was the first thing he 
took me to this morning when he said, this time as I take back the nations, this time as I take the land, I will take it with my hand. Not with, like in this case, Joshua's hand did it through the leading of Yeshua, the manifested Yeshua. However it's going to happen, I don't know. You, you press into the Lord, you ask Him. If you come up with anything, you let me know. But He is going to do it with His hand. He is going to lead it. He is going to take the nations. It will not be in a single swipe. In other words, He's not just showing up for ten minutes. Yeah, done. Because that's kind of how it happens when He comes to Jerusalem at the end. It's with a single word he destroys the enemy. But remember, this is his bride's time to be ready. This is his bride's time to walk in faith and walk in trust of what he's doing. But I want to go back to this shout. Verse 15 of chapter 6. On the seventh day they arose early at the dawn of the day and marched around the city, around Jericho, in the same manner seven times. So they had done this six days already. This is now the seventh day, where they went around seven times. It was only on that day that they marched around the city seven times. And at the seventh time, when the priest had blown the trumpets, Joshua said to the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. That was their war cry. And they shouted, and the city and all that it's within it shall be devoted to the Lord for destruction. Only Rahab and the prostitute and all those who are with her in her house shall live because she hid the messengers whom we sent. Then you go down to second part of verse 20. As soon as the people heard the sound of the trumpet, the people shouted a great shout. And the wall fell down flat. So they had access to take the city. Now recognize, God knocked the wall down. They still had to go take the city. There is still the physical manifestation of walking through His will. It's not about sitting at home and letting him do all the work. He's already done his part. He said that on the cross. It is finished. I've done all that I have come to do. It is finished. He paid the price for everything. Now he's just waiting on his bride to come and become ready and do that which needs to be done, which is taking back the nations. See, it is all supposed to be under His rule. All of it. What was given away was not given away flippantly because God just didn't want them anymore. What was given away at the Tower of Babel was because they chose a lesser God. And He said, fine. Fine. I'll give you what you want. And you'll see what that does. And he did. The history that we know was only in one of those zones. 
but yet they were scattered all over the world. Do you ever think about that? Right? The history that we know in the Word of God, because, by the way, which makes sense, because that is the nation that God took to himself. He made a nation unto himself out of the nations. It was not a nation that existed at the tower. He made a nation for himself. So all of our perspective is in that area, that even all the way back before Israel was there, that whole Mesopotamian area, but it's a big world. There's a lot of other places. You know, about how about China's history that goes back as far as the Bible does? How about South America, Central America? Even the American Indians go back to the same. It's because they were all given away. They were not the focus. They were given away. What was focused on was the one that he was going to redeem for himself. But what Satan didn't know is out of that very one would become all of them. That literally he would take back the nations that were given away and it would come through that single nation that was his. And we all know this, it came through Jesus Christ who paid the price of sin, not just for the Jew, but for all. But now it's the time to manifest the nation's and taking those nations for him. That's where we're at. That's what he has laid on my heart so heavy the year that we're going into. That's why this fast is no small thing. This is a big deal. And so I want to encourage you, but I also want to warn you. You don't step onto the battlefield Unless you know how to fight. You don't step onto the battlefield unless you're protected. And your protection comes from the Lord. Don't think you're... And and I'm going to say some rough things here. Don't think being a part of this church is your protection. Although the unity of it is. But unity comes with a bond that is built by the Lord. It's built by the Lord. It's not built by human hands. So when you go into this fast, please, go into it seriously. Don't go into it flip at all. Understand that the Lord has called you to a part of it. Understand the very yes that you have given Him is dependent upon your portion on this battlefield. See, you can't give a yes and then turn around and do what you want. You just can't. You can't have known sin in your life. Give a yes to the Lord 
and then just continue doing what you want. Because if you do, it's not a real yes. It's just saying what you think the Lord wants to hear. And this is the tough part. I've told you ignition's different, guys. This is not the place you want to be if you're not giving a pure yes. It's just not. And I know that probably is strange coming from a pastor. I would rather you leave than go into this fast unprepared. Because when we are unified, when we are of single purpose, when we do give, and by the way, please understand I'm not saying that, oh, now you're sinless. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that you are aware and you battle. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because we are of sinful flesh, but it doesn't mean we have to live in sin. Sin of the mind, sin of sin of action. You know, there are certain sins that are pretty obvious that we, we really don't need to question how this may affect our life. It's because we can look at it and we can see what it does. That's the sin I'm talking about. Don't try to hide because it's comfortable to hide. A yes is a serious thing. It's kind of like, can you imagine, you know, you're, you're in that line with Braveheart, you're uh, all the Scottish warriors, and, and you're about to charge. You're charging overwhelming forces. You're charging with the thought that, yeah, I may not survive this. So why do you do it? Because of a belief. See, they fought for freedom. Now, isn't that funny how that actually applies now here in the United States? How crazy is that? In all my life, I never would have thought that in America we would have to fight for freedom again. But that's exactly where we're at. But it's not just freedom going back to where we were. It is the freedom we've never experienced. It is the freedom that God intended for the nations at the very beginning before they were given away. See, the spiritual fight has been going on. Spiritual battles have been going on. Spiritual victories have been had. Read the book. <laughs> if you don't believe me, go read. If you, if you need a copy, let me know. We made a bunch of copies. The spiritual declarations of victory have already happened. They're already there. 
it's time that they manifest. You have to believe that when you charge that battlefield. I mean, can you imagine if you're running toward the enemy and thinking, I hope this is a good idea. (laughs) Might be a better idea for you to just stay back on the line. Go cook dinner or something. Because you have to have full confidence in going into this battle of what the Lord has said, what the Lord has given, and what your brothers and sisters are to you in unity and accountability. Because with that, we'll take Jericho. We'll take AI. We'll take all of the land that the Lord intends for the bride to have, which, by the way, includes all of it. I don't think anybody's on the moon, so we don't have to worry about the moon or anything else. I don't want to be up there with a helmet anyway. But it means the entire earth the entire earth is going to be taken because it's His. Even His creation groans for it. That's what it means when it says creation groans to recognize the sons of God. It's, it's kind of like creation is like, come on! Would you guys hurry up? We've been in this state We don't like the weeds any more than you do. My girls will be happy when there are no more weeds. By the way, (laughs) yeah, Brooks passed it. Now it's all on Yvonne. The earth is his and the fullness thereof. So why does the enemy have control of it? I'm telling you, the enemy has lost it in the spirit. Now it is time to take it in the physical, and it's going to happen. Things will ramp up quickly. They will ramp up quickly. We, man, I feel like I've been talking about this for eight years. Quickly, quickly, quickly. And it was eight years. It's, man, alive. But when I go back and I read the 58 or so court cases, And I look and see what he's already done in the spirit. I think, okay, it's been quick. But now, the manifestation of taking the nations will also happen quickly. Have you been listening to any of the prophets? Talking about nations falling. These are things that he has told us for so long. And it's kind of like, so awesome to hear it from somebody else that he's starting to tell others about it. Why? Because it's time. He told us early about it because we had a responsibility in it. Up to the point of his direction, we have fulfilled that responsibility. And we continue to But now he's drawing together the bride, who is unified already in the Spirit, by the way. 
not the whole bride, the remnant bride, unified in the spirit, but they're supposed to be unified in the physical as well. That's what's about to be seen. That's what the drawing of these seven prophets is all about. But that won't even do it. It's what God does with that that's going to blow your mind. It's how Jesus chooses to come, which will blow your mind. So I just want you to understand this fast. And and by the way, if you haven't, I know we put it on God's squad. We also have these sheets over there. Uh, I printed out some more this morning that give the, the prayer points, gives the... Call because part of this fast and the unity of this fast is the 6 a.m. call. Now, if that's early for you, I just want to say I'm right there with you. It's early for me. I don't wake up at, well, I shouldn't say that I do wake up at 6, but not on purpose. (laughs) Not on purpose. It's never my plan. Yeah, not because of nature calling either. Lord calling. Last night woke me up at 2 and talked to me till about 4.30. And those are awesome times. But I'm just thinking, Lord, you know, I'm awake in the afternoon. You know. But he, he, said, he said, yeah, but I have your attention at night. So I'm like, okay. But Alexis, you had something. I wanted to just have you speak to something that um, I want to make certain is not um, is clear because I think it is something that's widely misunderstood in the bride when it comes to the warfare and the seriousness of our choice. When, when you talk about moving forward with a commitment of seriousness and of a sober mind and an all-in perspective that we've talked about since the beginning of Ignition, Shrinking back and deciding that you don't know that you can be doesn't mean there's not a cost in that. So speak to the fact that because sometimes there's a thought that pulling back and saying, okay, I I don't think I could do this, so I'm just going to hang back here. You're not protected by the enemy hanging back here either. And so speak to that cost because at this point... It really is an all-in or fodder for the enemy. There's really no in-between, and so I just wanted to have you clarify all of that. That's correct. The only thing that I would, I would want to frame that in is your yes can't be out of fear, right? You can't say, okay, well, it's going this way anyway. Yes, Lord, um, you know, I, I, that can't be your, your yes because the... The yes has to come out of your love. Your love is the most powerful thing against the enemy. That, that's, that's what it is. But, but these, this battle that we're headed into, it is not ignition, just ignition heading into this battle. Right? It is the remnant all over the world heading into this battle. Understand that. So I suppose there is a choice of just going back to what the world has thought church would be, you know, go back to COVID church and watch online and, you know, get your worship on, 
you know, get your two, two hours in on a Sunday morning. I suppose there are those choices. First of all, I don't think anybody here <laughs> it would even, that wouldn't even come to their mind. But the problem is there, there are struggles with the enemy with sin. And that is what makes you vulnerable. It makes you vulnerable in the charge, but you're even more vulnerable in staying back. It, does that make sense? It, it's, not, it's not because, hey, God's just choosing an army to go forward and go take the nations. And, you know, those of you who don't choose, just kind of hang out and then, um, you know, we'll let you know when we got them so you can move in. It's not like that. This is a separation, guys. This is a separation. This is the spitting out of the lukewarm. Lukewarm are those who choose to do their own thing over God's thing. They still love Him. They're still saved. But you know what? I just can't give this other thing up. That's lukewarm. Now, I don't know what it means to be spit out. I've said it before. I don't think it's good. But that's the point in which we're at. Now, the beautiful part of that, and this, uh, I, I want to say this because we tend to think, well, okay, now we start thinking of people and, well, they're hot or they're lukewarm or they're, they're cold or this or that. Lord said he looks at the heart. I've known many people that I would look at and I would say, yeah, I mean, I don't even think they're lukewarm. And I, I'm feeling no heat at all. But yet I know they know the Lord as Savior. And the Lord tells me, but their heart's for me. Okay. Okay. See, the Lord looks at the heart. That's why you can't look at other people and judge if they're lukewarm or if they're hot or if they're cold. Well, you could probably tell if somebody's hot. I mean, I would think that that would manifest, right? And maybe cold would too. But you can't, it's very difficult to look and judge that. But God knows the heart. He knows the heart. He knows the judge of that. And there is only one other person that knows. It's that person. You know your heart. You may not know other people's heart around you, but you know your heart. You know your yes. You know what you have given to the Lord. You know what you've taken back from the Lord. You know what you do in secret that you think you hide from people, but you know it doesn't hide from the Lord. But you think, well, he's a gracious God, and I'll be okay. And that's been the case for a while. But I'm telling you, it will not be that case any longer. Because the Lord is going to move forward with the taking back of the nations, with the purity of His bride 
of their heart in whom they believe, in whom they trust, in whom they say yes to. And nobody can know that but each individual. No one can know my heart but me. Some can have an idea, certainly see the fruits of my heart, see what might be true. And, you know, as Jesus says, what would be gold and silver, what would be, you know, hay and stubble and get burnt up. But my true heart, deep down inside, there's only two that know that. God, the triune God, and me. I mean, unless he told other people. I don't know. But you know your own heart. And that's what I'm talking about in terms of being real before God. Don't hold on to your sin. It's not worth it. Yeah. Uh, Give him the microphone. Thank you. Before you ever got up to speak... We were in worship, praise and worship, and the Lord gave me a vision. I didn't know what you were going to say, but I'd like to share that, if I may. Please, but come up here so the online people don't just look at the back of your head. Okay. (laughs) All right. So so we started praise and worship, and I, I I saw heaven, and I saw the Father sitting And Jesus to his right sitting, but he wasn't Jesus as we know Jesus as a person. He was the Lamb of God. And his eyes were burning. His eyes were like white hot fire. And and I said, okay, Lord, thank you for showing me that. But he said, there's more. So then the lions came off the chair. He was like crouched down in and, and and he turned and looked at his father and he became a lion. And then he looked out and he roared a, a mighty roar. And I said, okay, Lord, what is this? And he said, this roar is going out. It's going out now. It's beginning, but the roar will continue into the year. And this roar will be for my bride. This roar will be a call in their hearts to reflect who I am, that my character and my nature will be evident in them and through them. It'll be in their thoughts and their words and in their deeds. And it'll be a cleansing roar. It'll be a purifying roar within them and within the environment in which they live. And others will see that, and they will be greatly affected by that roar, because this roar will not be able to be ignored, he said to me. And then he showed me Joshua, and he showed me Jericho. And he said, yes, when they, when they shouted, it, it was a shout of man. But it was my roar wow. that did it. That knocked those walls down. And this roar is coming. But it does take a purification of the heart of my bride. And so I said, okay, Lord, I know I need work. And I believe many of us need work. So please do that. 
Work in our hearts that we'll be ready and able to fulfill what you're telling us to do in these days. He doesn't leave us hanging. If he calls us to do something, he gives us the power and the grace to do it. Amen. 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 I'm sorry. Amen. That is awesome. Yes. What a confirmation. And the thing I, I want to say, though, is... If, if there's something you're struggling with this morning in sin, you're, you're not by yourself. You have a family that will fight for you and fight with you. You just have to reach out. But I want to encourage you, now's the time to do that. And the Lord told me to say one other thing. <laughs> he kept reminding me as as Rich was speaking and telling us his vision, he said to tell them if the, as I'm talking about this and as I'm talking about sin and things that authorities in somebody's life that are not yet fully given up, if you are a person hearing that and now you're thinking of somebody else that that's applying to, you need to take a real close look at yourself. Because it has to apply even to those who are blind. There is no more blind here. There is no more blind The enemy has been cut wide open in the spirit for all to be displayed. The only deception are the ones that we allow ourselves. So I want to encourage you, as we step into this fast, Go before the Lord and step with the right step. And, and you guys know, I, I'm, not, I'm not telling you some new revelation. This is not a hard thing. It's not hard to get forgiveness. What's hard is sometimes to walk that out. But that's why he gave you a family. Don't say you can't walk it out and then not be engaged. That's not even coming to the line. You, you're, you have help. Reach out for that. And Alexis, I'll have you come up and finish. I read a verse. I will say one oh. thing because I don't, I, I just don't want it to feel like some downer good night. That is not what this is. How do you think they felt standing on that line knowing in their mind that we will have freedom for the first time in our lives when we fight for this? Do you know for the first time in your life First time in your life, all of us, nobody, nobody is, you know, 300 years old here. 
which was before we were a country. When William Penn was here and he was praying over this land, for the first time in our life, we could see a world run by God's people. Not just the nation, not just the U.S., the world. That's what we're at the line for right now. So get your shout on. Get your shout on. We've already, we've already crossed around for seven, for the six days. And we've already crossed seven times in this day. Now it's time to shout. And that's what this fast is. I'm just going to say a couple words and I'm going to prepare Wendy to come up and ultimately close us. I read a verse in the ladies class this morning that, um, is in Hebrews 4 in the ESV and, um, it's, it's talking about the rest of the Lord being in rest. And um, I'll, I'll read verse 1 going into it. Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. Verse 2, for the good news came to us just as to them, but the message they heard did not benefit them because they were not united by faith with those who listened. Unity is really, really key right now um, in this fight. And one of the first things that I was picturing, and this is just the thing I want to say before Wendy came up. This, this fast is, is uh, consequential, to say the least. But it is it's exciting because of what it will produce. And... When you go after the enemy, we are on the offensive now. We are stepping into a battle to literally rip ground from the grip of the enemy and claim it once and for all, which is really profoundly new and and amazing in terms of our times. But the Lord was showing me, you know, when, when the courts were opened up to us, and it started with the court of accusation and the... The process in which you can get free, not, not a new concept because you've always been able to admit you're wrong. Scripture says agree with your adversary quickly. Then you confess your sin, First John 1, 9. He is faithful to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Then you can bind and cast down, Second Corinthians 10, 4 and 5. You know, Scripture gives ways toward freedom. But he showed us a process, and then, of course, it opened up the court of nations. But if there's one thing that's true in a court setting, we've watched either movies that have to do with courts, or maybe you've watched court TV. When you are the prosecution against a situation, especially if, if you've, somebody's ever you know, come against you or whatever, if you've ever experienced a court situation, think about when somebody is, let's say, on trial for murder. Okay, The witnesses, and certainly the prosecution, the, the defense for that person on trial for murder is going to do the best they can to completely destroy the testimony of the one that has the charge against the person. If they can make you, you know, your testimony irrelevant, invalid, or basically destroy your reputation to where you're not believed, then they have won. And this is why purity before the Lord, when you're entering into a fast that engages the war from an offensive, to be able to stand pure and 
clean without them being able to have anything on you is really, really powerful. And he also reminded me of how hard they tried to come against our Supreme Court judge, uh, Brett Kavanaugh, during that time. All they could do in terms of trying to dig back in his past, all they could do was find lies and frame some insignificant things, you know, schoolboy, you know, stuff that they lied and made a bigger deal. But for the believer, we have the blood of Jesus that the Father sees us through. And we can ask the Lord, which I've said all the time in Psalm 139, 23, and 24, we can ask him to search us, try us, know us, see if there's any wicked way in us, so that we can then go and bring the um, accusation the enemy may, may have against us to the Father, get forgiveness, and now we're clean. And so purity is really, really key to not having the enemy come against us. And so to me, what he's been showing me in my own warfare is that when I go in and go right directly against the enemy to attack, I have to stand pure. There is, there is an immediate strategy of the enemy to try to reintroduce areas that are not fortified in my life. Um, I did get the, an accusation, an authority in my life of rejection removed. And the enemy has often tried to come back through very sneaky means to literally have someone reject me, to see if I'll stand in the fact that, okay, they might be rejecting me, but I am not rejected. But in that moment when I'm getting rejected, I have that opportunity to either agree with the enemy or agree with who God says I am, that I am free, I am clean, I am not rejected, I am accepted, I am loved. And so walking in that kind of purity makes you so impervious to the destruction of the enemy. And I'm telling you, it will strengthen you in this fast. It will strengthen you. There will be, and some of you already have it, you already have these testimonies already from just the holidays of what's come against you. But there will be a strategy to come against you, to derail you. You might have a temptation that you're thinking, that thing has not risen up in decades. What in the world? What am I thinking? Guess what? First John 1 John 1.9 has always been, is, and will for always be true. That if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us. Repentance is the fastest way. Keep a short account. When the scripture says agree with your adversary quickly, it's not saying agree with your adversary's identity of you. It's saying agree with the accusation if you've done wrong. And then repent of it. Because the second you get repentance, you're forgiven and you have, you're cleansed. Now you can take more lies against you and go, I'm clean. I am covered by the blood of Jesus. I am in right standing with the Father. Go to hell in Jesus' name. Literally. I mean, this is the position of offensive that we need to take. And so I just can't encourage you enough that there will be things that will come against you. In the fast. But when you have a stance of purity and a confidence in that purity, you will step forward taking ground, step forward taking ground, and more and more and more. When you know, when you don't have to be tossed to and fro because of, yeah, I'm such a mess, and oh yeah, and I keep messing up, and yeah, I'm always struggling with this and that. Every time you struggle, know that God forgives. 
He forgives, he forgives, he forgives. And the shorter account you keep, and again, not out of fear, like Greg said, but out of love. Quite frankly, I do have a holy fear of God. I'm not afraid of God, but he is holy. And I don't mess around with the holiness. That's why the smallest thing, if I am the slightest bit, even this morning, even with Greg saying something to me, and I was a little prickly, and I thought, okay, what, what's going on? Why am I, what's, what's it, what is that? The Holy Spirit doesn't want me to just overlook it. Oh, you're fine. Yeah, you just, whatever, you didn't sleep well, da, da, da. No. Lord, what is that? Why am I defensive? Why am I a little irritable with him? And the Lord said it's because rejection is trying to be introduced. He said something that made you not feel loved. <laughs> you know, and that can happen. So I ask forgiveness. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me for any, any agreement that I'm rejected by Greg. His opinion being stated, however firmly, does not mean I'm rejected. So I ask forgiveness. And I cast that sucker out. And I'm telling you, the presence of God came back upon me that was halted. Because as soon as I hold an offense, and they can be so small. The more pure we walk, the more small and minute they get. Don't overlook them. doesn't mean you're walking in condemnation and nervousness. What do I do now? It means if there's something there that could even get a crack in my life, when I'm headed into the depths of hell to take the ground from the enemy, i got to know I'm clean with everything. i got to know it. So... That purity is really important. And if you really were in a court of law, you'd want to be a witness that nobody could come against unless they were straight up lying. God will deal with the overstep. And yes, Satan does overstep. He does curse. But man, those are the easiest things to deal with. I break all curses. I break witchcraft. I break this stuff. He's already ruled in the court of nations for ignition. If they come even to try to curse, they will lose their life. Do you know how many have died in hell's kingdom? Because of trying to curse us, they cannot do it without the loss of their lives. Now, many of them will give their lives to curse. But that's something that can be removed. What is harder to remove is when we have blinders of areas of impurity. And so that's where we need to be united. Because what I can't see of myself, Ruth might see in me. Which, by the way, years ago, God gave her a word for Greg and I about humility and being careful it was she wasn't bringing us a word of hey you're full of pride she was bringing us a warning word to walk in humility and that was a very important wake-up call just to be mindful i have appreciated the refinement in the body of christ that if i separated myself from and didn't let my life be opened up i wouldn't get warnings I wouldn't be refined from the iron you have sharpening my iron. We've got to be in unity or it will hinder the message that God has for us.